Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast, FYI. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. This is the 22nd of July at 9.32 a.m. Heat wave and tenants' rights to comfort. Thank you for joining me. and gentlemen I hope uh, you're having a good week here we are Friday and uh, wow it's been uh, a really really hot week uh, here across southern Ontario and you know in other places around the world too uh, in the United Kingdom record-breaking heat temperatures um, really affecting their infrastructure. Um, wow, it's it's crazy. We have some relief um, today um, from this this heat wave that we've been experiencing here um, in Ontario. So uh, yeah, you know when it comes to your comfort. Being able to stay out of the heat, you have, you know, central air in your house. Or you have a window air conditioner in the building that you reside in. Now, this is not the first time that I have read stories about um, big corporations who owns these apartment buildings telling people that you cannot have a window air conditioning in your unit. Now, of course, you know, in a, in, in a, a rental agreement or a rental lease, you know, if it stipulates that um, no window air conditioners are allowed, they have to stipulate what type of air conditioning that you cannot have. A couple buildings in the city that I reside in here in Ontario, Canada, you know, they're taking the fight. And this landlord is trying to force them to remove their wall-mounted air conditioners and replace them with a less efficient portable models, right? So there are certain air conditioners that you can use, not your like your regular standard air window air con, air conditioner, right? If it is stated in the lease agreement. 
Now, the people who received the, these letters from this uh, this landlord, who, who, by the way, is not here in the city that I reside in here in London, Ontario, these landlords, big corporation landlords, are in Guelph, Ontario. Now, back in, I guess, back in February and in June, telling the tenants uh, that the company was no longer permitting the use of window air conditioners at their properties. So what's happening now is that the company is saying anyone in violation of the company's new rules um, was respectively requested to remove the air conditioners within seven days of receiving this letter. Now, I'm under the impression of reading this article is that these people living in these, in these couple of buildings, they pay their hydro as well as their rent. So it's not all inclusive. Now, they're, they're, so these, 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 these tenants feel that, you know, the landlord, you know, they're a big landlord and they're just, and they're just, um, ask anything and, and, and we'll jump and do it, you know, and, and what, what they're, uh, what they're, you know, saying too, is that, you know, they feel that, um, if they don't remove these window air conditioners that, um, they would be evicted and the rent that they pay is affordable rent. So they feel that they would be, you know, potentially evicted in order for this landlord to get a higher rent for their unit. Now under the Ontario law, a landlord cannot remove an air conditioner owned by the tenant. So as long it is properly, properly installed and isn't disturbing others. The law also states the landlords cannot refuse certain air conditioners unless the lease mentions them. Now, they're also talking about this landlord had recently began a campaign, a campaign to install lock restrictors, which would uh, limit the apartment windows to uh, approximately 10 centimeters opening, something he believes is a further attempt to force tenants to comply. Which is... also illegal to do. If it's not already equipped with the lock restrictors, and only, only be able to open up your windows so far, then the landlord can't just come in and do that. And it would only be if the landlord would just be making sure 
that you don't have a window air conditioner. So, you know, ladies and gentlemen, it's been hot. It has been really hot. <clears throat> if these window air conditioners are, are professionally installed by a technician and these people who live in these buildings pay their own hydro along with the rent, then the landlord has no right to tell you to remove the window air conditioner. And that's been that's been the norm lately with landlords and, and you know with 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 the um, the elders too. You know, um, living in buildings that they have no control over the heat and hydro. And they can't have a window air conditioner. You know, imagine how hot it is outside and how hot it gets in your place. Everybody who lives or, or who are renting, you have the right to comfort. Big corporations, big business, pushing the little people around. You know, so like I said, these tenants who require assistance um, um, on fixed term financing schemes, you know, he believes that this, this big corporation rental company um, is trying to, you know, evict tenants and put their units back on the market at a higher rent. These are fixed incomes. These are fixed rents for people who are on fixed income. We have a problem with affordability. Housing affordability. We have a huge problem. Not just here in Ontario, but right across Canada. We don't have enough affordable units. For people to rent. There was a place not far from where I reside. It, it used to um, be an institution uh, for, for people um, with mental disabilities. It's a psychiatric, uh, psychiatric uh, hospital. That all that property was sold. And now a big corporation landlord is going to build single family homes, semi-detached homes, high rise buildings. Where's the affordability? We've had some buildings going up around the city for affordable rent, but not enough. And that was a perfect, that was a perfect place 
to build affordable housing. I mean, that land is so big, it's going to add another nine streets to the city. You know, just, you know, really, you know, ladies and gentlemen, you know, in the last four years of this city council that we have, they have moved really slow on affordable housing. They have moved really slow on the homeless. Quick fix projects that the city council comes up with every every winter, well, not every winter, just the last two winters, have these portable heated trailers placed in certain areas around the city and then only certain people qualify, meaning that they feel that these individuals um, would be better to uh, move forward in their lives and sustain housing. And there's only a few placements for people. But then, like I say, you know, then, you know, when you have big landlords, big corporations who are landlords, start telling you that you can't have comfort in your unit. You can't have a window air conditioner. If it's stated in the lease that you can't have a window air conditioner, it also has to state which types of air conditioners you can have. They can't deprive you of your tenant rights. It's getting ridiculous of how many times stories come up like this. That landlords come along and say you can't have a window air conditioner. I've heard stories where people, you know, where they're renting a townhouse and you know, it, it, you know, when they first moved in there, you know, it had central air and all this stuff. And then, you know, the central air breaks down and the landlord doesn't fix it. Well, it's in the lease. I've heard people say that, oh, something, something breaks, you fix, you pay to fix. That's not how it works. You're the tenant, you're paying the rent. Unless you bought this, unless you bought the stove and fridge for that unit and, and it's yours. If it came with the stove and fridge, then it's the landlord's responsibility to fix. If it came with central air in the townhouse, then it's the landlord's responsibility to fix. Most places don't come with washer and dryers, 
with washer and dryers in a townhouse, if you're renting a townhouse, you have to have that. You have to buy that yourself. Some places might even just come with a dryer and you have to buy the washer machine. But whatever the case may be, whatever the landlord owns, the landlord has to fix. And anything in the lease agreement, both tenant and landlord has to abide by. But they also have to give you the options of which which types of air conditioners you can use. So the landlord cannot remove an air conditioner owned by the tenants. And this landlord thinking they can't. Tenants over, you know, over uh, the years, um, you know, um, rewriting the, the uh, Tenancy Act, um, you know, giving more rights to the tenants. Because landlords, big corporation landlords think that you don't know the rules. You ever read your lease? Do you ever read the, the entire lease before you sign it? Probably not. And then when something happens, oh, didn't you didn't you read uh, section C, subsection B through F? No. That's why when it's important when we sign leases for rental units and stuff like that that we have a clear understanding of what's in it. Now, recently, ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk about this one, one story. Um, so there's one uh, individual who was part of the Freedom Convoy back in January and February. I think it was Tuesday. He was granted bail. He spent 150 days in jail. That's five months over his role in that Freedom Convoy in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. That was the trucker convoy freedom bullcrap. So he gets granted bail. And of course, there's bail conditions. Just like the other one that was um, about three weeks ago was, uh, was well, back in uh, late June, um, she was rearrested for breaking bail conditions. 
and she was since returned back to Ottawa to the detention center in Ottawa for breaking her bail conditions. If you break the law and you go to court and you get bail, there's conditions. And then you are to endure to those conditions. If at any point along the way that you break any of the bail conditions, you're subject to rearrest and put back behind bars. Now, it didn't take her long, approximately four months before she broke her bail conditions. Now, this individual Um, you know, he's, he's always had a long list of, of, of problems of, of being in trouble with the law. He claims to be a, a conspiracy theorist. He had, he had his own, uh, YouTube, um, channel where he, uh, he would always be out there, um, uh, being racist. I don't know how YouTube even let that go on, how he wasn't even blocked or how it wasn't even taken down. I have no idea. Right? Now, the charges is, is mischief, is mischief, counseling to commit mischief, counseling to commit the offense of disobeying a court order and counseling to obstruct police. And he also faces additional charges of, of obstructing justice and perjury. Now, his conditions, and then, I mean, these are you know, pretty, pretty long, pretty long conditions and what he has to have, right? What he has to do. So he's to go back to, back to, um, Alberta. He is to reside with the, the uh, surety under the provision until he can take a flight back to Edmonton, Alberta. The Ottawa police can check on this on the surety's residence if required. He's to reside with the surety in Alberta. He's to be employed under the surety. And he's to have no contact or communication with other Freedom Convoy leaders and stakeholders. No protesting or public assembly specifically related to COVID-19 pan pandemic, the Freedom Convoy and anti-government demonstra uh, demonstrations. He's to have no social media in any form, no posting messages or having other are having others post on his behalf. 
and he must deactivate his Real Pat King website, Facebook page, and other social media accounts within 48 hours through his surety or counsel. He's not to give any interviews, including on social media. He also has been given a 10 p.m. to a 6 a.m. curfew. And he must provide proof to police he is with his surety if he's unavailable for uh, uh, a door knock check. And he must post 25000 cash bond to guarantee his next court appearance. No possession of weapons or ammunition. That's his bail conditions, ladies and gentlemen. Now, people would say, oh, you know, they, you know, these, these, these protesters, you know, um, did nothing wrong when they were protesting in, in uh, January and February. Blockading a roadway. by means of any sort of object or construction material, vehicles, and so on, is illegal. Harassing, intimidating, impeding, other people's movements or rights is also illegal. So these charges of counseling to, to commit mischief meaning telling others to do the same thing. Counseling to commit the offense of dis disobeying a court order. That court order that was that came out was over the blaring of the truck horns around the clock. So basically telling them to disobey that court order and blare, and blare your horns anyways. Disturbing the peace. You can be charged. There's a Freedom Alliance that um, is in a lot of parts of Canada, not just the, the Western provinces. And um, so here in Ontario, another cross of the member. So this, this member of this, of the Sault Ste. Marie Freedom Alliance 
um, is saying that, you know, the conditions on, on this individual's bill include a ban on social uh, media and used to uh, and, and used to refrain from taking parts and activities related to the convoy. You know, he feels this individual of this of this freedom alliance. Um, that these conditions handed down were excessive. The type of person that this individual is, I think he should have just remained in jail anyhow. They're certainly not, uh, they're certainly not excessive being the type of individual that he is. In a statement made by this individual of saying how to resolve this matter with these restrictions that the government had placed on, on everybody, stay at home orders, uh, stay at home orders and closing non-essential businesses, um, mask mandates. You know, this individual felt that the only way to resolve any of these issues with the government is, is with bullets. Those were his exact words. These bail conditions excessive? No, I don't think so. Now, he, this guy of, of this Freedom Alliance goes on and he's talking about, um, you know, about, you know, these guys was basically defending the rights for free speech, our freedoms, our liberties, our mobility laws. You know, here in Canada, when it comes to free speech, And in the um, the Charter and Freedoms, when it talks about free speech, hate speech is not allowed in any form or way. We have the free speech as long as you are not using it and directing it in a hate form towards any other race. This freedom convoy leader or one of the leader used 
on his social media accounts. Racism. The right to our mobility laws. We are free to come and go as we please. We are free to travel across the country. We are free to leave the country. And when it comes to mobility laws, you cannot interfere or impede or prevent anybody else's mobility. In which they did by blocking and barricading the roadways in adjacent streets and intimidating and harassing and preventing other people's rights to mobility is what they were doing. See, at that time in January and February, ladies and gentlemen, small businesses, non-essential businesses were allowed to open. And that very first weekend, the Centertown Mall in downtown Ottawa, other protesters go into the mall not wearing a mask, which at that time, in any public buildings, you were required to wear a mask. That Centertown Mall closed its doors and kept those doors closed for the duration of that Karen Carnival. Other small businesses downtown Ottawa, including restaurants, People could not go to work. Other protesters even went to a homeless shelter and demanded food and harassed and assaulted staff and even assaulted a homeless person. You don't have the right to do that. Now, according to the Bill of Rights, we have a right to assemble. Yes, you do. You have the right to assemble. You have the right to have a protest. You have the right to have a lawful protest. Not an unlawful So, and he also says, and we have the right to our opinion. Of course we have the right to our opinion. Everybody has an opinion. How this 
fits in how 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 the right to opinion um, fits in. That's not even in the that's not even in the uh, in the charter. The right to opinion. Everybody has an opinion, right? All human beings have an opinion. And he says we also have the right of religion. He says it seems to be under attack. Now, by saying that, you know, in the Charter and Freedoms of Canada, which replaced the Constitution back in 1984, of course we have the right to religion. You can go to to uh, a Catholic church, you can go to a Presbyterian church, you can go to a United church, you know, um, Greek Orthodox, you know, whatever type of church you go to or, or, or religious group that you belong to. Now, when he says that he, when he, when he, when he, when he says that, you know, of the right to religion, it seems to be under attack. See, in, in the, in the, in the charter, there's a section called the notwithstanding clause. And what that means is when the, when the charter was, was written in 1984, all premiers across all 10 provinces and three territories wanted this notwithstanding clause in there. So as to, if there's something that they want to change in the charter, they could change it by using the notwithstanding clause in which the Quebec government, the Quebec premier, is using the notwithstanding clause when it comes to religion clothing. For instance, people who wear a turban or the hijab or a sort of some sort of uh, cloth or cross if you work in the public sector, meaning school teacher, police, fire, anything to do with government. You can't wear any of those religious symbols under the notwithstanding clause. Now, Quebec is a French-speaking province of, of Canada. And they also went as far as when it comes in using the notwithstanding clause to, per, to protect the French language, as they feel that they, they, they're protecting the French language. And when it comes to English-speaking public schools in the province of Quebec, they are now subject to so many hours of learning and speaking French. And anybody who is graduating their final exam has to be in French. So 
when when he says that it seems that the uh, the right to religion is under attack, I can agree with him there because here in Canada, you know, when when when, when people come from different countries, you know, such as the Middle East, and they and, and they wear their 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 religious garments, they should have the right to do that. This is who they are. But according to the Quebec government, if you're working in a public sector, you cannot wear these religious clothing, which I think is ridiculous. So he has a point there. And this guy also thinks that that the the that the government went off the rails, and and it is being is being hard on these people of these freedom convoy leaders, and he feels that it's just over the top and at, at every conceivable level. Well, no, it's not. They broke the law. They broke the rules of engagement when it comes to protesting. An occupation is illegal. When you are occupying a piece of land and impeding others from using that piece of land, that is illegal. by any means or form, objects of any sort, you cannot impede on the movements or the mobility laws of others. Now, he goes on to say he he really doesn't know um, this this individual who was just recently uh, being put put out uh, uh, is out on bail. So you know when he's talking about this individual, um, he's had contact with him um, through the uh, Saint Marie. Sault Ste. Marie Freedom Alliance. And he says that he's 95% unaware of the criticism um, leveled against the convoy organizer, which include the former Sault Ste. Marie resident being racist conspiracist and who describes COVID-19 a man-made bioweapon and was put out to make people sick and warned and and and, and warned uh, uh, as an end game to depopulate the Anglo-Saxon race. So this guy, this 
person who is part of this Freedom Alliance, you know, he stands for freedom, stands for the Bill of Rights, the Charter and Constitution. Well, there is no Constitution. The Charter and Freedoms replaced that back in 1984. I don't know if he knew that or not. You know, this individual, this one, this one particular person here who is, is part of the uh, Freedom Alliance, he too is facing charges under the Reopening Act. Now, under the Reopening Act, um, that penalty carries a minimum of $10,000 and a maximum of $100,000 if convicted. So he too is, is, is facing some charges. And he's not the only one. There's, a, there's lots of people out there who defied the, the reopening act. Now, as far as it goes of, of these bail conditions and how excessive these bail conditions are, um, they are more excessive than uh, what the other ones who have been released from jail with their, with their bail conditions. He has a few more than others. And probably for good reason. You know, the other one, the other, the, the lady that was released. Um, like I said, it didn't take her long to break her bail condition. One of them. And when she did get her bail conditions, she was told, you know, there's certain people that you cannot have contact with. She was going to be given a freedom award. A freedom award. How the hell do you get a freedom award? See, the government, the federal government and the Ontario government throughout this entire pandemic, when we had, you know, stay-at-home orders, closing non-essential businesses, closing schools, all this stuff. So what she does, so what the government does, you know, the government had a timeline for everything. 
when things were going to reopening, what is going to be reopening. And not because of this Freedom Convoy that was in Ottawa. So what was she getting a Freedom Award for? Because, you know, things start to open up again and that was an accomplishment. Had nothing to do with them. So she was able to come back to Ontario. This is one of her conditions that, you know, the judge said, oh, you can come back to Ontario. You can go to Ottawa, but you can't go downtown Ottawa. So they held this, this big convention thing in, in, in uh, Toronto. She made her way back to Ontario for this, for this big do of getting this Freedom Award. And lo and behold, there was somebody there that she was not to have contact with. She's talking to him, posing for pictures. Was an individual she was not to have contact with. By the way, she's back in behind bars in Ottawa. Oh, she claimed that she had counsel there. Because she could have only have contact with these individuals in the presence of counsel. Her so-called counsel wasn't in any of the photos. They weren't at the same table, if they were even there. And by the way, she sat at the same table with the individual as well, who she's not to have contact with. And then she wonders why she's back in jail for breaking her bail condition. You only have to break one. You only have to break one bail condition. And you end up right behind bars again. She's like a fish in water. You throw her the bait and she takes it. Freedom awards. I mean, if, if, if someone's getting a freedom, freedom award that they, they went, you know, beyond of freeing somebody. from conflict. It's not like she she freed a nation from war. She didn't free anybody. It wasn't these convoy organizers who, who made the government lift restrictions 
government had a timeline. And oh, by the way, when it comes to um, federal and provincial, these are two different entities. The federal government can't interfere in provincial and the provincial can't interfere in the federal. These were all provincial restrictions. Now, there are still some restrictions federally. And now just recently, the the federal government re-implemented the random COVID screening for anyone coming to Canada, whether you're a citizen or not. You still have to fill out the Canada Arrive information. I don't even think there's a handful of any federal um, restrictions on, on, on COVID. Not across the country, if you're just flying across the country, whether, you know, whether you're, you know, uh, taking a train, taking a plane, taking a ferry, whatever the case may be, there's no restrictions. Because remember all waterways, airlines, trains, it's all federal. So there's no restrictions there across the country. Just restrictions coming into Canada. For the um, unvaccinated or partially vaccinated individuals who want to come to Canada, there's still a 14-day quarantine for those partially or unvaccinated. And this random testing being uh, put in back in place is for everyone. Oh, by the way, there's there's still the uh, the restrictions on the United States side that all essential workers crossing in the United States must be fully vaccinated. That's the United States. And anyone crossing via the land border, if you're going over there shopping or visiting, you have to have proof of vaccination. Same thing coming into Canada via land borders. So those restrictions are still in place.
So this Freedom Alliance, that's his, you know, that's like his opinion. He's, he's saying his opinion on how he feels about, you know, about how he feels about these bail conditions on this individual. And he doesn't even really know him from a hole in the ground. Is that, oh, he was out there fighting for our freedoms. I don't remember when I, I, I don't remember when I lost my freedoms. I've never lost my freedom. I don't think he's ever really read through the, the charter and freedoms of Canada. And in there, it states that your rights and freedoms are not absolute. And the government has to have reasonable grounds of why they're going to restrict you. Pandemic. You know, the government, you know, in, in a democracy, your elected officials, the officials that we elect when we go to the polls and we vote, these elected officials they have a sworn duty to protect you. I don't know if any of these people of from these alliances or other freedom alliances actually even read or even read the Or Bill of Rights. And if they have, they only take out what they want to read. Everything else doesn't matter. Only specific things. Mobility laws. Well, if they read the mobility laws, then they would know that you cannot blockade a public space by any means, form, or way.
And no, we don't have the right to freedom of speech. Because in the Bill of Rights, it even talks about the freedom of speech. And what can be used and what cannot be used. He just thinks freedom of speech, we can just say whatever the hell we want. So by having this individual basically not allowed on on social media to Speak freely the way he speaks, being racist. No, there are restrictions on freedom of speech. It's not a free for all in our charters and rights. It is not a free for all when it comes to freedom of speech. So again, these individuals don't even bother to read the Charter and Freedoms. They assume they take it all for granted. See, I take the time to read stuff like that, ladies and gentlemen, because I myself want to know what's in it. What is in the charters? What is in the Charter and Freedoms of Canada? And when I tell you, when I sit here and I tell you that you're, that in the charter, it actually says that your, your rights and freedoms are not absolute, it actually says that. If you're going to take things for granted, better think about that. So, anyways... We'll see what happens. I won't be too surprised if this individual is back in jail sometime soon just because this is the type of individual that he is. See how long he can keep his mouth shut. It's going to be really hard for him. It didn't take the, the, the one very long 
to end up behind bars, having her bail, having her her, her bail revoked. Didn't take her long. And it might surprise me. It might surprise me and, and, and endure to all of the bail conditions that I told you. I would have to be an idiot to believe that. That he's going to follow each and every single one of those bail conditions. <laughs> Give it time. Ladies and gentlemen, he will break a bail condition. Can't wait to find out which one that's going to be. So anyways, ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the rest of your day. We are here. It is the weekend. And so far, it's not going to be as hot and humid as it was this past week. Like really, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It was just unbearable, scorching hot. I mean, the grass out front, the, the, the grass out front is just brown. So, but stay cool, you know, drink lots of, lots of fluids, meaning water is the best thing for you. Yeah, it's nice to have a couple cold beers or, or whatever, but beer, alcohol, whatever, it dehydrates you. It does not hydrate you. Get electrolytes back in your system. Water is the best thing for you when it is really hot out there. So stay cool and stay safe. And thank you for joining me this morning here on the Truckers Podcast, FYI. Enjoy your weekend and take care. I'm your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen.